ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Welcome back to another episode of the No Higher Calling podcast. I'm happy once again to have my husband on here with me. Hello. It's always so much fun when he's on here. I feel like it gives a interesting dynamic. You never know what you're going to hear. We never know what we're going to (laughs) say. She's worried that I'm going to say something I shouldn't. Oh, goodness. No, you edit so (laughs) we can (laughs) chop things out. But today we want to address a topic that has been a work in progress in our own home. And we're not presenting this as what we do is the right thing to do. Um, You've got to come to where you feel about this issue for yourself. And that's going to look different for every family. But I do think it is a aspect of home that has gotten out of control, and it is one that definitely is worth our assessment as moms and dads who are trying to raise kids for Christ. And that is, what role does TV play in the home? So before we try to tackle that question, let's rewind Uh, Well, even before I rewind and give some of our own story, which I, again, I feel like I've shared in bits and pieces, but maybe you didn't hear those episodes, so we'll recap. But before I jump into that, let me give you some information. So Sim and I did a little bit of research on just screen time, TV time, what does that look like for the average American Western civilization? First world country. The average American spends seven hours per day on a screen. Now, now this is like outside of work. So this is like recreational screen time. Seven hours a day is 44% of our awake time if you're getting like eight hours of sleep, which is mind boggling to think. Like, I'm sure we would sit here and think like seven hours, but it is amazing when you add up the chunks of time throughout the day, you Get pretty close. Yeah, it's not talking about just just um, TV or something like that. It's talking about TV, computer, yeah, phone, cell phone, all of that. Um, yeah, um, monitors at the restaurant, whatever. Yeah, but so this is not like I said. This is not uh, work. This is not educational. This is kind of that mindless entertainment type media. Source. And if you add in work for a lot of people, you're talking about sixteen hours a day because. They work on a computer. Yeah, insert the need for blue light glasses. Yeah, for, which for I like me. Wearing. <laughs> I know. Um, but that, that was staggering for us, okay? So now let me rewind and tell you a little bit of our story of the role that TV has played in our home and the role that it is playing in our home now as, and you know, I feel like I always come back to this verse, but it is so good. Proverbs 31, 27 talks about the wise woman and she looks well to the ways of her household. That is a power packed couple of words and it encompasses so many aspects of home, but we really had to come to a point, not just as the woman, but also as the man, as the leader of the home, we had to be like, look, something is is out of place in our home. There is a misplaced priority. 
we need to figure out how this can change. Because in, in Matthew, it says that we are to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And you know what? If almost half of our wake time is spent on mindless entertainment media, something might be out of balance with that seeking first the kingdom of God. So let's back up. So Simeon and I love movies. Like... We love movies. I don't know if I say love current tense. No, we no. definitely <laughs> loved movies for sure. We did. So, okay. So both of us during our teen years, during our dating years, and during really up until we had our first child because she didn't sleep and then we didn't quite have the brain power to, we, we would fall asleep in movies. So. Oh, in, our, in our dating days, it was ridiculous. I mean, it, it, <laughs> there was a brief period of time where you had moved up to Delaware and we would literally do video conference calls and play the same movie at the same time yeah, so that like, we could one, watch it together. Two, three. Okay, start. Yeah, how <laughs> ridiculous is that? But we did. We watched that's we watched movies all the time, TV shows, that kind of thing. And, even and you when know, we that, weren't that's together. crazy because I'm sitting here thinking, okay, so there was what, eight months that we did a long distance relationship. And when we would call each other in the evenings finally getting to talk, we didn't talk. We watched movies together. Well, and, we we did. We just stayed up till two in the morning. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> and, and I'm not, okay, let me just say at the beginning here, I'm not saying that TV is evil and you need to smash it and there's no place for fun and entertainment and enjoyment. I, I absolutely not. Um, I'm not saying that at all. We're just sharing some of our journey and some priorities that God really had to shake up in our lives. So we got married. And wow, priorities were so off. And, and I don't know. I, I guess, you know, we look back and we're like, if we could just have those years back. Simeon and I have such big dreams and and hopes and vision of things that we want to do and accomplish in, in ministry and in our family. And then we're like, our I mean, a good portion of our 20s, we just sat in front of a TV. When we first got married, I think... I'm safe to say we had at least one TV show a day. Yeah. That that yeah. we watched. We watched several live on cable. We didn't have cable, but we had the rabbit ears that we <laughs> 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 we wrapped aluminum foil around the top so that they could get a little bit extra signal. We we um, live we lived in the woods too, did, so yeah. that was part of it. For those yeah. of you that are like, how old are these people? Yes, and, and we were poor young. Married people living off of love, so we didn't have a really nice TV. <laughs> <laughs> Streaming services weren't quite what they are now either. No, no. Um, so, yeah. So every evening we would watch at least one TV show. Um, I remember there was one night of the week where I think we had three different TV shows that all came on back to back. So we would do that. And then we loved movies. So we would watch movies too. We would watch our show for 30 minutes and then in would pop a two-hour movie. Um so much of our time together in our early marriage was spent on the couch. And, you know, Simeon was working full time. I was kind of working part time out of the home, part time from home. Um, but, uh, you know, he would come home, we would eat dinner, chit chat a little bit, and then off we would go to the couch. And while we were having quantity time, a lot of quantity time, it was not quality time. Um, you know, and, and that's, that's time that we missed out on. So then we did have a baby. She changed our world for the better, but 
man, did she change our world. And and some of the TV kind of fell off just because we didn't have the brain power to sit through it. Some. Certainly not all. Yes. Certainly not all. I mean, we would stay up late watching TV and then regret it because she would keep us up all night. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I think the Lord started stirring in our hearts. If you have children, you probably know what I'm saying here. When, you know, even though she was a baby, we started seeing things in a little bit of a different light than we had ever seen them before. And and not that we just watched anything and everything. You know, we tried to filter through what we allowed into our home and what we allowed to influence, you know, our ourselves and our marriage. Um, but that was taken to a new level when we had a child. And we realized, okay, whoa, some of these things that we say that we want to keep out of our home as we're raising children, we are allowing full entrance into our home through our choice of media. And as God really started dealing with us in that area, we naturally started slacking off on TV some too because no longer did we feel comfortable watching this show or that show or this genre of movies. Um, so so we began filtering through some of that. Okay, then our daughter turns about 18 months old and she loved watching TV. I mean, at 18 months old, that girl could sit through like multiple Disney movies back to back. And it was nice. As, as a mama who at that time was had just gotten pregnant with my second one, you know, had things to do, had to run a home, it sure was nice to have a free babysitter. And she'd just sit there and watch. My son came along. He didn't really like TV until he was about two. We kept trying, like, he please, so like, like at least 30 minutes of something. <laughs> and and he was just like, nope, nope, nope. Then he turned two, and all of that changed when he discovered Mickey Mouse. <laughs> but um, then he loved TV. Anyway, it, it really probably, oh, goodness, he's, what would you say, like a year and a half ago, maybe? Yeah, our, I mean, even, TV, even before that. But. Our TV watching had really slacked off. Um, just because we were busy, but also I really feel like the area of us trying to guard what we allowed to influence us started sifting through our entertainment choices. And the more that we sought to glorify Christ in the area of entertainment, the less entertainment of the world had a place in our home. Um, there just really wasn't a lot out there that was worth watching. So we just didn't really watch much. Um, but but our kids were watching a lot of TV. A, a lot of TV. And I would hope not seven hours a day. You know, but we had a daily TV time. Usually in the afternoon, post-nap, while mom's trying to get dinner ready. You know, daddy's out working or whatever. You know, we would have the hour and a half movie that I would pop in. Um but we began to notice as our kids started getting, you know, a little older into the preschool years that one, they were way too obsessed with TV. They were asking all the time. Oh, yeah. All the time. Just, you know, if they had a moment where they didn't have something to do, the question would come, hey, can we watch TV? They and it was- didn't know how to be bored. 
And I started coming across the message that boredom is not terrible. Like it, it can actually be a beneficial thing for children to experience boredom because it's out of boredom that comes creativity. Yeah. I'm, I remember being bored when I was a kid and it was torturous. I hated it. But you know what I ended up usually doing? Going outside and hitting a tree with a stick or something, you know, and entertaining myself. And, you know, we've seen that for sure in our life since we've started to cut back on some of that. And we'll get to that in a little bit. And it was really a spiraling thing where the kids were like, I'm not being stimulated by media. So I don't know what to do with myself. So one of two things happened. Either they whined, in which I was like, I can't make dinner if you're whining, so we're going to go watch TV. Or they just turned into banshees and were like running around, I don't know what to do, you know, just chaos. And I couldn't get things done that way either. So off we went to the TV. And so there was just several different things where I really felt like we are too (laughs) enslaved by the television. Um, It it held too much of an influence into our home. And and there were were things that we were seeing developing in our kids that we did not like. Um, And so we decided that we were going to make some changes in our home. Now, I'm going to share a little bit of that process. It was not an easy process. And, you know, again, I'm not going to tell you you need to get rid of the TV in your home or this is how many hours or this is how many shows. I'm not going to do that because that's different for everybody. But for us, we decided that it needed to be way less. Way less. When I was growing up, we always had the the evangelists that would come in once a year and they always had something that they were going to preach against and all of us kids would roll our eyes and go, what are mom and dad going to throw out this week? <laughs> you know, and that, we don't want to do that. We're not going to be the traveling evangelist for you. We haven't thrown our TV out of the house either, but. Well, and we didn't want it to be something where we made this rash emotional decision where we're just like, oh, TV is too much. So we're just going to throw out all the movies and never watch it again. And then here it comes back in a month because, hey, we we like having fun. We like having family movie nights. You know, so we needed to find that balance. But for the people who have asked me, how do you deal with TV time in your home? I feel like working through some of this and being a little bit on the other side now, I want to caution you that there is a transition period for the parents and for the kids. And there were so many times where I just thought, this is not working. We're just going back to what what did work in some form or fashion. Um, but we stuck it out, and I'm so thankful because I've been able to get on the other side and see the fruit of it. But, okay, so we decided we were going to get rid of the daily movie time. Like, we were not going to give our chunks of our day to that. We were going to start limiting that. Now, this has looked different, really, over the past year as we've implemented this on what we've done and what we haven't done and what we've changed and different things. But we just realized we needed to cut back. And so, literally, panic ensued for a while with my kids and with me because they they hit that, that wall that they hit of, I'm bored, what do I do? And I was like, I don't know. We're going to have to figure out something to do. And, you know, then it's just then the whining, but I want to watch TV. And, you know, so I I had to muster through a season of kids that did not know how to entertain themselves or to have fun outside of the TV. 
Um, and they had to work through learning how to be creative, how to play, how to not have that stimulation. I think a lot of that too comes down to the parent being willing for the short term to be imaginative for them, if that makes sense. So for a while when we were going through that, you were you were much better at this than I was, but being like, here's Mr. Potato Head, like play with this for a while or here is um, the kinetic sandbox or, or something like that to where they're getting something that they don't always get to play with. So it feels special, but at the same time it's constructive. It keeps them busy and they're out of the way for a while. Okay. So perfect. Let me, let me just go ahead and transition into some things that I did to get us through that transition. And now that have become things that we love doing. And and I'm just going to skip to the end. We don't watch hardly any TV. I will touch a little bit later on kind of what TV does look like in our home, but we hardly, hardly any. Um, and now it, it's normal. Like totally normal for us. And I couldn't imagine having it different, but okay. So what are some things that I did to help through that transition for kids and for me? One thing is we went through their toys and looked at them and tried to decide what toys are engaging and open-ended. You know, I mean, kids like what they like, but the little figurines, collect them all, whatever things, like there's not really a lot of imaginative, creative play that goes into that type of toy. So we tried to kind of rid out some of that stuff and replace that with very engaging toys. My kids love magnetiles or Legos. They'll build with those. Um, My kids are crafty. They like arts and crafts. So we tried to, you know, Melissa and Doug water wells. I'm just trying to think. I, I did a blog post I can link in the resources of some of our favorite preschool resources. And I know I'm I'm talking from my experience with having younger kids and that may not be your experience and you'll have to figure out things for whatever age group kids you have. Um, but I, I would do that and I would have, you know, some toys that were up in the closet that they didn't play with all the time that, hey, if, if it is that weird in between hour between rest time in the afternoon and dinner getting on the table, you know, that I feel like that's kind of the sweet spot for most moms where they're like, what do I do during this time? How do I cook with having little ones? there would be special toys that I would pull down. Also, um, I would start, I would let the kids come into the kitchen and normally they're not supposed to have toys in the kitchen. That's like my one big rule. I I cannot cook if I'm tripping over toys, not to mention it's dangerous, but um, our dining room is kind of like connected to the kitchen, but a little bit away. So I would let them do something at the kitchen table while I'm cooking, especially if it was going to, I knew it was going to take me a little bit longer. So Play-Doh, kinetic sand, crafts, coloring, um, things like that we would implement. Also, we discovered audio resources. So I've mentioned before, my kids love Patch the Pirate CDs. I love Patch the Pirate CDs because it is pouring truth into their hearts. Um, there are some other, I mean, you can do audio books. I've talked about Jonathan Park before, different audio resources where it was, a, again, a little bit of a transition coming from TV stimulation, transitioning into audio because there's nothing to look at. There's no 
visual stimulation. Um, but now my kids love just listening to things. Um, so I will be cooking or doing chores or whatever, and they'll be at the table playing Play-Doh and listening to a Captain Patch CD or something like that. So those are just a few like practical things that I had to work through and not fall on TV as my crutch because there was a time in the early transition where I just kept on going back to the crutch like this is not working and I've got to get this done we're just going to go watch TV um and that did not help the situation but now being kind of on the other end of it looking back our kids I mean you can say they're so much more creative oh yeah their imaginations have literally like exploded there, there are times anymore which this never happened before, and it may have some to do with the fact that they've grown a little bit, but there are times now where one or two of them will disappear for an hour, and we'll have to go find them and be like, what? and they'll be tucked away in a closet or something, because they've learned how to play imaginatively, not to be so dependent on us for some kind of external stimuli all the time. Um, you know, the other day we had company over and I go into the back and I'm looking around and I can't find Knox anywhere. And we had people at our house, like people that he could be playing with. And our kids are crazy when company comes over, they're like all about it, but I couldn't find Knox. And I'm like, where in the world is Knox? And I find him and he's in the closet looking at books. Like, okay. So I could do, I could just spin off on a whole episode about books and how, our kids have fallen in love with books and how that was a transitional period, but another day, another time. Um, but also that, that reminded me to keep things accessible to them, um, that, that will occupy them things again, that are not going to occupy them for like two seconds and then they move on. So we do, we have bookshelves in our living room that have very engaging. We love Usborne books. They, oh, they'll lift the flaps all day and look at those. Um, but that's what he was doing. He was in the closet looking at, at books. Um, but just, you know, okay. So now let me just share with where we are at a little bit now. Um, we, we really only, probably I would say watch TV like once a week. And that's usually a designated family time. Um, for a while we had been doing a week night or like a weekly pizza and movie night. Um, so I make homemade pizza. We all sit in the living room and have a picnic and they just think, I mean, that in and of itself is cool. And we watch a movie together. Life has been a little bit crazy recently, so we haven't been doing that quite as much. We've kind of been transitioning some of our pizza night into pizza and game night, um, which, to be perfectly honest, I like that better. But, you know, the kids do enjoy TV, and it is nice. So I've noticed we tend to have like a once a week thing. So we either do pizza and movie night or if we have a pizza game night, there's been several weeks where I've just been extra loaded with work, with no higher calling and different things. So I've utilized Saturday morning as, okay, you get to watch a movie while mom works for an hour and a half. But then tonight when we have our pizza party, we're going to do games and fun as a family. Um, but we've really scaled. And Simeon and I don't watch TV. I mean, hardly at, at all. Anymore. Every now and then, if a 
decent movie comes out, which is like what once a year, <laughs> yeah, we might watch something. Um, we don't have date time much anymore either. So <laughs> when we try to do dates as much as we can, but yeah. when we do that, we tend to go out and spend time together instead yeah. of watching TV but like we'll we used to. We'll talk to you in just a little bit about some alternatives that we do because I've had some people message me and they're like, okay, so yes, I want to cut back on how much TV I watch with my spouse, but what do you do? Well, we're going to jump into that in just a little bit. Um, but yeah, so we don't really watch a lot of it and then we do, we have kind of like either the kids will watch a movie if we have a lot of work once a week or we do of family night. And, and again, I'm not saying that's the magic formula. That's what everybody needs to do, but that's what we do. And we have seen such rich benefits from that, that I could not imagine going back to the TV dependency that we had in our home. And, and again, it was just misplaced priorities. It was not looking well to the ways of our household. And it was not seeking the kingdom of God first, allowing you know, our, our pastor has a quote that the high road isn't choosing between the good and the bad, but choosing between the good and the best. And I really feel like that's where we were at um, with media, media's influence with our kids. We were filtering their movies. We were being careful what we were allowing them to watch. Um, so it wasn't really this good, bad question, but it was the good, best question. And all glory to the Lord. I think he's helped us to make some choices within our home that have been better choices. And attitudes have so improved. Yes. The kids behavior wise attitudes, um, their interactions with each other. Mm -hmm. They're so much less short with one another now. I mean, I don't know if there's a direct chemical thing with, with TV, but I know for a fact that the kids are better behaved now than they were when they were watching TV all the time. Well, and I know that, especially the times that they go to grandparents, either side, so I'm not casting blame, but they watch much more TV at the grandparents than they do now at home. And we can tell, like, they don't even have to tell us they've watched a lot, but we can tell the, that there's a difference in, in their spirit, in their attitudes, where, like, you watched... You watched several t movies today, didn't you? Well, yeah, you know, we did. And, and we, we can see that. Um, but let's just share some tips for limiting screen time in your home. If you feel like this is an area that I kind of need to work on, I don't know what that's going to look like for my family, but we need to work on it. These are some tips that have been helpful for us. And, okay, so this is one. This is my number one because it's the next thing to tackle on my list. We're not going to tackle it until we move due to the layout of our house. Um, but my first tip is to just not have a TV in the main living area. Now, everybody's going to feel differently about that. And you do you and I'll do me. But um, I, we we don't want to go as far as to say not we're not going to have a TV in our home. And, and we know some people who have said that. They just don't want a TV. And if that's you, that's fine. Um, but we do utilize it. I even utilize it for schooling. Um, so we want one. But I don't want it to be in the main living area. And screen time doesn't necessarily mean TV time anymore. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, how many times do you see a kid walking through Walmart with a phone in his hand watching a movie? Or, you know, how many hours a day do kids spend playing video games and things? And I was an avid gamer myself. You know, I, I played a lot of games growing up. I played games after we got married. Um, for quite a long time. And so I'm not, again, I don't necessarily think that's bad. Eden just asked me 
like yesterday why I didn't play games anymore. And I told her it because I wasted way too much time. And I'm not saying you got to work all the time either. I'm just saying there are better things that we could be doing with our time. And so it doesn't necessarily have to mean they're sitting in front of the TV. Um, you know, the way mobile games are, the way things are on the cell phone, you can get Netflix on your cell phone. And, you know, I used to sit, I used to have a job where I could sit and watch TV waiting for customers to come in the door. And I watched an insane amount of TV at work. So it's not just the TV in your house. Well, I know a lot of people ask us too. Simeon's become quite the reader in recent days. But a lot of people ask us, like, how do you have so much time to read? Well, limiting TV and limiting your social media scrolling time, you'll find you have a lot more time than you think you have if you limit those. Um, So it all comes back to priorities. But as far as having TV in the main living area, so really we want that main area where our family congregates. Really, I feel like the two biggest places that families tend to gather are your living room and your your table, your kitchen table, your dining room table. Um, and so we've talked about as, as we're creating um, a home culture, as we're developing this environment of what does home look like for Simeon and Brittany Brazel and our kiddos. Um, we want those two areas to be places where our family um, can be centralized, that we can come, that we can gather, that we share in conversation, that we share in life together, that we make memories together, whether it be eating food together or playing games or spending time or talking or playing. Um, And having that as our goal for these main areas of the home, the TV kind of is, is... a counteract to achieving that goal. Um, you know, and, and I, it's, it's how our living room is. So I'm not trying to bash anybody, but usually you walk into a living room and it is all centered. The seating, everything is centered around the focal point of the TV. Um, and like I said, it's like that for us now, but when we move, we've talked about, we, we don't want it to be that way. Um, we want to allow that main area to be used for other purposes. And then, yeah, when we want to have the family movie night, you know, maybe we have the TV in, in a bonus room or in, in a school room or an office or, you know, wherever we would need to have that, but somewhere other than that main area so that we can easily have that family connection that we're looking for and so that it's not a constant reminder that it's there. And inevitably, if it's there, you know, you're going to have kids asking and wanting and um, just out of sight, out of mind. These are places where we gather as a family, where we enjoy one another's company. Um, Again, as tips, just be prepared for that transition process. It is a process. Your process might not be as difficult as mine was, but I, it, it was tough and I almost gave up multiple times, but I'm thankful that we stuck it out. Another thing is phones. Um, Our children do not have phones yet. Believe it or not, though my oldest is five, she doesn't have a phone yet. That's crazy. Oh, and you know, I was thinking when you were talking about kids walking around, you know, I feel like you can't even go to a restaurant anymore where like before people are seated, they already get out their phones and give it to their little ones to keep them entertained. We sound like we're 85, but like... I don't want I'm my kids. In my soul. Man, I, I, really I don't want my that. kids to have a cell phone until they like. My dad had a policy, and I respect it now that I'm out of the house. You don't have a phone until you're driving, and I totally am. I'm like, yeah, 
my kids aren't having a phone. And, you know, even better, maybe they'll all have self-driving cars and so I'll have even more of an excuse to not give them a phone. Well, like, okay, we could we could just sit here and park for a good long while. But anyway, we'll keep going. But, you know, I think you need to be careful as a parent, though, even your phone. How often... Do we give them our phones to keep them entertained, to keep them, okay, yeah, we're going to have to sit here for, oh, goodness, heaven forbid, 10 minutes and wait for our food, so we've got to <laughs> get a show up for the five-year-old to be able to sit still. But that's not cultivating this atmosphere that we're wanting in our home of conversation, of life together. It's it's separating. It's ostracizing to where the little ones are not learning things like simple things, how to sit still. How to interact. We wonder why kids are struggling in, in school. Yeah. You know, we never taught them to sit still. How to interact, whether it be in public or even at home. You know, how to sit still. How to talk to an adult. You know, that's not a lesson that they need to wait and learn when they're 18. It is enriching to their life to learn how to listen and how to interact with adults. Um, so I would be careful with phones. And also, this, this is going to hit hard here because I think this is a convicting area for Simeon and I. But being very careful about us constantly being on our phones. You know, I, I realized that, I mean, just with notifications and constant access and my brain, like, since having kids, if it comes in, I need to take care of whatever came into my brain because it's going to quickly go out and I'm not guaranteed that it will come back. So it's handy to have the phone there. Oh, I'm going to add this to my grocery list. Oh, I'm going to text this person. Oh, I need to check this. Oh, I need to do that. But it keeps me constantly on my phone and my kids see that. And more than what I say, they're going to learn from what I model. And so our, we've got we've to set boundaries. And I've, I've been trying to do that, setting up times where, okay, you know, they, they know that the afternoon, the quiet time is mommy's work time. So that's when I'm going to catch up on my stuff. Or in the evening, once really. And, and I try to keep it to times where they're either like otherwise occupied or they're sleeping or resting um, so that they just don't see me. I don't want them to grow up and their memories of mom be from behind a screen, you know? Um, and then also just to designate TV times. If, if you leave it kind of open-ended, like, well, you know, maybe we'll watch a movie today, but, oh, we're not going to watch any TV tomorrow. And then like, oh, maybe back today. That was kind of confusing for my kids. So we had to establish, look, we are going to have, and at that time we had a pretty regular pizza party family night, Friday night. That was our thing. Um, you know, and they looked forward to that in a different way than they looked forward to it when they were watching TV all the time. It had a, you know, a kind of a special thing. And not that I wanted to like make TV this high reward or high prize to win. You know, we didn't want to go to that extreme with it to where they grow up and, you know, I mean, you, you see the adults where it's like, well, I've worked an eight-hour day, so now I deserve the prize of going home and binging on TV for however many hours. We didn't want to start setting that kind of tone, um, but we just wanted to keep it very much like there is a specific time that we're going to enjoy this together as a family, um, but it's not now. And uh, also, just, yeah, just having that that family screen time too, where we are enjoying in something together. And also I will say, so we do, um, 
We do utilize the TV some for school. So the schooling that I use with the kids, we use Gather Around Homeschool on their app. They So it's unit-based. So you study one thing for four or five weeks. So within Gather Around's app, it's it's really amazing. They will list, you know, you're studying oceans. So they have broken down by the weeks. These are the things you're learning, and these are YouTube videos that will reinforce that. And so that's something fun that we really, the kids and I enjoy doing. You know, we just learned about killer whales, so we're going to get on and watch some YouTube videos about killer whales. Um, But that's a little bit different because it's kind of this educational supporting our school. That's not quite just so this... um, this mindless entertainment like what we're talking about. Um, but again, that's not something that happens every day. I usually try to have just one day a week where, okay, this is our day where we are going to catch up on the week's worth of videos. And we're going to, you know, have a, a we're, we'll, yeah, we'll sit down for an hour and we'll go through our school videos. Um, but again, it's not like we're constantly sitting in front of the TV. So real quick, let's wrap this up with some TV alternatives really for husband and wife. We've given some alternatives for kiddos, different things you can do, especially in those little years. But, you know, there there was a time when Simeon and I cut out TV and then we were kind of like, hmm, well, we have a lot of time now. I guess we have to talk and get to know <laughs> one another better. <laughs> and, yeah. and I've had people ask me before, what do you do? Like... And I think it's a transitional period for an adult, just like it it is for a kid, where you have to learn to manage boredom. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. I mean, we had we had a period of time where we went from watching TV all the time, and then we would sit in bed next to each other, looking at social media for hours, and that wasn't any better. Um, So you had we had to just on purpose shift gears. Do something that we sometimes one of us or both of us didn't even really want to do, but we were we were determined to change things. So we just started doing some other stuff. And, you know, there's a lot of things that you can do. One of the things that I enjoyed, I kind of had as a hobby that Brittany has come around to enjoying more is playing games, um, not video games, but board games, things that we can do together that involve actual genuine interaction, thinking, you know, cooperative or otherwise. Um, so that's a great alternative and we've talked about that once before. Yeah. And I'll share down in the resources, a blog post that I did. Um, it actually goes with a podcast episode we did right when we first started connecting with your spouse. Um, cause it is a little difficult to find games that are two player games that are fun, but we found several that we love. So I'll post that in the resources too. So you can check those out. Another thing is reading. And even though reading is individual, um, because uh, you can read stuff really aloud. Think we're such nerds. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> then that's okay. But be, even though you are reading typically to yourself, you're not reading aloud all the time, which we've we've done that before too. Um, but we could be reading separate books together, and what tends to happen is we end up having conversations. Oh, always. Um, we don't get actual. We actually don't get too much reading done. No, it's usually like, oh, I read this. You but that's okay this. because it, yeah. it becomes no, it, a conversation starter. It sparks something. Some of our best conversations have come about that way. Yeah, or we re- we we listen to audiobooks when we travel together, um, and that's one thing that you know our, our we've talked about before how our con- our car conversations are always the best conversations anyway, but. Um, Reading has has been one of those things that's done that for us. Just honestly having conversations. And if you're used to watching a lot of TV with your spouse, it might be difficult for you to actually have conversations. And so 
reading books t- together or separately together um, might be a good way just to spur conversation. And and we were talking about this too, just developing hobbies, you know, and I know there's a lot of times where like, well, he has his things and I have my things, but we don't really have our things. Like I don't enjoy football, but you know, we've, we've had to find mutual hobbies and there's been some things that we've tried that like he enjoys better than I do, but we enjoy it enough together that we just run with it. And, and you know, that again, that'll look different for everybody. And if you hate each other's hobbies, suffer through it. I mean, seriously, like you can't guys, you can't spend one afternoon every once in a while doing something that she wants to do girls. I'm I'm talking to guys (laughs) that aren't even listening, but girls, you can't do something that he wants to do every once in a while, you know? And if you do, I bet he'll, he'll do what you like to do or better yet. Find something neither of you has ever done before and start doing it. You know, you know, it take up something you've never like go play tennis. Even if you've never, both of you've never played tennis before, get you a couple of rackets and start playing, like do something. And you know, I was never an outdoor girl growing up. I mean, I, there was literally a period of my life where I thought I was allergic to grass because it made me (laughs) itch. Um, but I have come a long way in my adulthood, a long way. Um, but you know, and, and this is harder when it's cold, but when it's nice out, we love getting outside. I mean, I would rather take a walk and really we love family walks and Simeon and I have some of our best conversations too on walks and fun with the kids and they love collecting all their little nature specimens and those are sweet times um, that we didn't have as much of when we were giving more time to TV. But, you know, there's other things. We like to kayak together. Um, we like to go hiking. Man, when I was growing up, my dad was always doing projects all the time, whether it was, you know, something small like working on a vehicle or building a, a whole deck on the back of the house. But there was always a project going on, and that meant that I was involved in that project. And Honestly, now that I'm older, I actually miss that. Like, if there's something that you guys have wanted to do for a while, don't pay to have it done. Do it yourself. Both of you do it. You and your spouse do it together, whatever it is, even if it's something small, like redo your own bathroom, you know, just do something like, like that might be an excellent way to spend time together. Sure. You might get mad and throw a hammer every once in a while, but you know, do it together. It'll be fun. You'll learn some stuff. You'll make some mistakes. You'll break some things. That's okay. Well, I'm going to reveal the depths of my 85 year old soul right here, but We have rocking chairs on our front porch, and I am totally fine with spending the evening sitting out on those rocking chairs. I mean, I'm thinking here, you know, here we are in, in beautiful months in East Tennessee, and to me, the perfect evening is sitting on the porch in a rocking chair with you, just chit chatting, watch the kids chase fireflies and play in the sandbox, and you know, make the bunnies grass salads. I mean, it's, you know, there's no other way that I would want to spend an evening, but, you know, there used to be a time where that would have sounded extremely boring to us. But man, bring back, speaking of TV, bring back the Andy Griffith days. Let's just sit on our front porches and be, <laughs> be content. But anyway, so we you've asked us to speak to this. This is our own personal journey of what this has looked like in our home. Some tips. If you think this is an area that you need to work on in your home, we're not telling you what to do. We're just telling you that this is a way that God has directed our hearts. And we have, we have reaped so much 
from just trying to glorify him in this area. And, and I really feel like it is setting our children up for more success than what some of our past choices we're doing as we're trying to establish patterns and rhythms of home and just routines of what life looks like. Um, this this has been enriching for our family. So hopefully this was helpful for you guys, but thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. I hope that this episode has brought much glory to Christ, encouraged your heart, and strengthened you to be the wife and mother that God has created you to be. Thanks for listening.